Hello, everybody. It is good to be back with the Living Truth Podcast. I'm glad you're with us. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to do some teaching, and then Jake is going to interact with me, and we're going to go back and forth a little bit. I'll have some application. We'll have some in-depth Bible study. And I'm calling this particular study The Rest of the Story. It's to be coordinated with a current series that Pastor Ryan is doing on rest. And it's kind of a play on words. It is a play on words here. Uh, since we're talking about rest in this current series, I have the rest. And then the story is God's story. And so there was an old radio program that was called The Rest of the Story. I don't know if you ever heard of that. <laughs> Not <No>. so much. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, it was, goes way back. And this guy would tell these stories, and then he kind of leave you hang cliff. You'd have a cliffhanger, do a commercial, then he'd come back and tell you. Yeah, that was that out. was a little bit before my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like when I was young, when I was younger than you, that used to be on. And anyway, so that's where I got the idea for the title from. And when we think about this idea of story, and you've probably heard teaching on it either from me or Pastor Ryan, or maybe. Uh, you've heard it and read about it. When we think about story, first of all, we think about our own stories. That's kind of what we do when we tell our testimony, is we also call it our story. Yeah, in middle school, we, we called it our God I, story. Yeah, you guys yeah. use that, yep. uh, that uh, way of saying it. And so the um, as we think about it, the question is, how, do, how does our story fit with God's story? That's the question that we're often asking. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, for example, your parent and you have a really difficult time that your child goes through a disease, they go to the hospital, they, and this goes on and on. You're trying to figure this out. Obviously, both for you as parents and for the child, it's traumatic. Mm -hmm. And it brings up questions. Does God love me? Does God care? What's the meaning of this? And so one of the ways that helps us to work through and resolve these kinds of things in our lives and I'm not talking about quick fix, but one of the ways that it helps us to resolve it is to understand God's story and how our story fits into God's story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's something that we've um, I've talked to middle schoolers about, even in relation to this whole coronavirus thing, about kind of the big questions of why did this happen? Did God allow this? Why? Why is this all going on? And it's more than just a quick answer. It's trying to fit it into the whole way of how God works in the world. Exactly. And so in my experience, a lot of times folks don't really ask this question in a bigger kind of a way. Mm -hmm. Usually it's, why am I not happy? Why am I not feeling well? Does this mean God doesn't love me or like me? I'm not experiencing God's blessings. And all of these lies, all of these warped kinds of ways of, of viewing what they're going through. And so the correction, the, the help to that, the healing that comes in, is in understanding God's big story, which is God's creation, and then what we call either corruption or fall. So I used to just call it fall, and then I took a um, class back about three or so years ago on spiritual formation and the particular professor there became a mentor of mine and so instead of using the word fall he uses the word corruption 
And I like that word because it just kind of illustrates a little bit more in depth mm-hmm. of how we struggle with sin. Yeah. So how far reaching that fall exactly. was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. Whereas, yeah, when you use the word fall, we just think I fell off a cliff or mm-hmm. something. But yeah. uh, the word corruption, it just kind of is like, oh, yeah, it infiltrates all of mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah. It just, it's very complete, kind of all of yeah, the same word. Exactly. So, God's creation, then the corruption of man, then redemption and restoration. We call this God's story or. A really theological, literary word is the meta narrative. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is, narrative is another word for story. Meta is the word for everything. Uh, it's the meta narrative, the defining narrative. Okay, of kind life. of like an all-encompassing story. All-encompassing okay. is a good word. Okay, yeah. I've I've read over that word a hundred times, but never really thought about what it actually meant. <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of thing that we usually throw out in general conversation. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're going to go a little bit in depth on each of these. First of all, rest, beginning with creation. And of course, if we're going to begin, we begin at the beginning in Genesis. Yeah, good place to start, exactly. So we have six days of creation, and then we read on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. That's Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Now, what's interesting is that as you go through the days of creation, we see this phrase, there was evening and there was morning, Mm -hmm. uh, just describing a day. And we look through all the verses in Genesis 1 that use this phrase. But in Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3, this is left out. And so... The truth being communicated is that Sabbath, or rest, is designed by God to be perpetual, continual. This this is what God created us for, is to experience Sabbath, rest. That word Sabbath is, in fact, the Hebrew word that is used here in the text for rest. And and we use it a lot of places, it's used a lot of times in Scripture, um, couple of definitions on it when we think of rest a lot of times we say i'm going to go take some rest and that's like sleeping Mm -hmm. or we have to tell our grandson three years old you're just going to rest your eyes a little bit because he doesn't like to actually go to sleep (laughs) right but we that's what we think of and obviously god's not sleeping right uh but there is a change that happens after creation. There's a cessation of the creation work of God, mm-hmm. but he continues to sustain the world, continues to sustain us. And so we can have a state of rest, and yet there can still be activity, mm-hmm. because that, that's the way God functions. Interesting. I don't think I've ever noticed that before with the idea that Sabbath is, yes, it was a day, that was set aside, but it is kind of a state that we should always be in. Hmm. That's, yeah, exactly. That's uh, really, that's really fascinating. Well, well, it is. <laughs> we're, we're very uh, early into this podcast, and I feel like my mind's already a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's the point: <laughs> is to be able to think about these things, reflect on it, and enter into it. And obviously, not just intellectually, right. but in terms of understanding more of how God's designed us. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, that's very, rest is 
countercultural right now. I mean, it is it is not something that comes naturally. Or rest, especially for those of us in the Midwest, hard workers. Mm-hmm. We just yeah, it's so rest is something you do at night. Yeah, and yeah. so that's about all we think about mm-hmm. it. Now, like I say, this word rest, Hebrew, familiar word to us, Sabbath, um, it's used throughout both the Old Testament and the New Testament. It is used for the seventh day of the week. And in Exodus, it says that seventh day is set aside as holy to the Lord. And obviously, the Israelites and the Jewish people even today, the conservative Jewish people will take a whole day mm-hmm. and alter what they normally do in mm-hmm. terms of their work life and their some, special meals. And there are some Christians who would celebrate Sabbath very definitely. similarly as well, aren't there? Definitely. And this is, in fact, one of the questions is, should we have a whole special day and alter what we do? What day is that? Mm-hmm. Is it Sabbath? Is it, is, is it uh, Saturday? Is it Sunday? What do we do different on mm-hmm. that day? And so part of what I'm saying is, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can make that a very purposeful kind of activity, and it can be really helpful. What I'm saying, though, is that in terms of Scripture, every day is a Sabbath, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Every day we're to enter into that Sabbath rest. Hmm. It's so opposite what we want it's it <laughs> yeah that's corruption and fall yeah <laughs> which we'll go on to in a second yeah. here so so uh in joshua israel entered canaan it's called a place of rest uh, then in the new testament we'll talk a little bit later about matthew eleven twenty eight when jesus invites us to come to him and rest and in the New Testament, that's essentially used uh, as another way to describe salvation. But let, since we just brought it up, let's talk a little bit about corruption or fall. Of course, many of us are familiar with Genesis 3 mm-hmm. and the fall and the results of the fall, the experience of pain that came in Genesis three sixteen through 19 to the woman. God said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you'll bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. He shall rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, have eaten of the tree, I shall, I commanded you, you should not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of it, you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth of you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for your dust, and to dust you shall return. So the disobedience of Adam and Eve brought consequences. Mm-hmm. And we could describe those consequences in a thousand different ways. Marital disharmony, says pain in childbirth, toil to survive, conflict between people, ultimately death, disease, natural disasters. All these are a product of the fall. And so I have a quote from a guy by the name of Hadak, and he talks. Uh, he has done a whole dissertation on the Old Testament and the idea of rest. Mm-hmm. And he puts it this way. He says, when they disobey, that is Adam and Eve, they're removed from the garden, and implicit within this is the notion that they no longer enjoy God's rest, but must toil. And so God's created 
he's designed life to be restful, that he's designed the world to be a place of rest. But in the fall, as my one of my mentor, Dr. Averbeck, says, he says the world is now a mess. Agree. <laughs> and he says we've lost our rest, and this loss manifests itself in the way we handle life. So Dr. Averbeck, he also does counseling. And so one of the things about taking a spiritual formation class from him was just helpful and important to think about. Yes, we're very uh, going deep theologically, but real problems that we have when we think about how we think about our world and our significance and resolve issues in our lives. Just important to have this paradigm, a biblical paradigm that we're incorporating and not just imposing our own kind of paradigm that we pick up off the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely very easy to do that and try and do quick fixes instead of understand who we really are as Exactly. Created people, but fallen. Created people. Exactly. Created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. We're, but but fallen at the same time. We have to hold these things in tension. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we talk about these four stages of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration, it's important to recognize that we're, in a sense, in all of these at the same mm-hmm. time. You're, you're in toil, but also you're... In a completely different but equally valid way, you're in this rest that's in God. Exactly. Which tension is difficult to be in. It's more comfortable to ignore it. But Well, it's important to recognize corruption and fall, and then in the midst of that, to enter into the rest. Because if mm-hmm. we don't recognize where we are, we don't know where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. So Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 6.16. He says, Stand by the roads, look. Ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, walk in it, and find rest for your souls. And then we have a familiar proverb in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean in on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And the idea is, as we're trusting, we're entering into that rest. We're finding that rest for our souls. And then Jesus, Jesus picks up on this when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the invitation that we're in a sense created to live in paradise, in rest, but we're not there. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is saying, come back to paradise, come back to that creation rest that you were created for. That is that's beautiful. It's kind of it's kind of a call back to the garden, not completely yet, but in a small way it kind of is to that same intimacy that Adam and Eve had it is. in the garden. That's that's really cool. Now what's interesting about Matthew eleven is that when you look through that passage, you'll find that Jesus is interacting with the Pharisees who are always trying to put religion upon people and to bind them into uh, a rule kind of orientation. I mean, I kind of get that. It's much easier to follow a to-do list than yeah, it is. to kind of change your entire mindset. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> easier on the outside mm-hmm. but it just can put you into a straitjacket yeah. and you get in situations where yeah i got this rule and my rule isn't working anymore yeah. and it's never satisfying you always are 
left because you either can't do it or you do it and it doesn't end up providing the outcome you hoped it did. Exactly. So instead, God invites us into relationship, mm-hmm. into rest. And uh, the word rest used in the New Testament is translated rest, but another interesting thing about it is it's translated as refreshment. So okay. in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, it's translated rest, but in places like 1 Corinthians 16, 18, 2 Corinthians 7, 13, Flamen 7, Flamen 20, the Apostle Paul used it when he talked about being refreshed in the Lord. And so I think that also gives us a really good picture, just like taking a cool glass of water and being refreshed after we come out of a hot place. That, that, that's the idea that we have in terms of what the Lord does in our lives. Kind of keeps us going. Exactly, yes. Then the final stage of God's story is restoration. And what's interesting here is this word restoration starts off with R-E-S-T. Yeah. <laughs> Rest. Restoration. We're restored to what we were created to be. So in Revelation, in Revelation fourteen thirteen, it says that the saints, and a saint is someone who's saved, uh, the saints in heaven are said to rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. And occasionally at a funeral service, we'll preach this, that someone has entered into their rest. Mm -hmm. And what is significant is that this is not just a unique kind of thing that's reserved for a funeral service. The point is that we're to be entered into rest all throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. That brings, I'm trying to think of where it is exactly, but I think there's a verse in, John, I think chapter 10, that talks about this is eternal life, that you know the Father, and kind of the idea that, yeah, it's more complete when we get to heaven, but, I mean, eternity starts as soon as we have accepted him and yes, I think entered into that John rest. 17, oh, okay. maybe John yeah. 17, 3, this is eternal life, that yep. they may know you and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. It's that relational aspect. Yeah. And so... Restoration is to restore what has been lost, mm-hmm. is to go back to what was in the beginning. Sometimes we use the word new creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in fact, when I teach overseas, a lot of times that's what we use is new creation. Again, tying it in with what we were created for. So is our rest and purpose kind of tied together then? Yeah, that'd be a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to expand this word rest significance, purpose, peace, uh, somewhat similar to what we just talked about in our last series in terms of that word blessed. Mm -hmm. A blessed person is a person at rest. Yeah. I don't know. Rest is always something I thought, I don't know if this was wrong or not, but like rest was an activity before this podcast started. Like that's how I would have described it is I'm going to go rest. I'm not going to enter into rest or be describe myself as someone who's in a place of rest. And so it's kind of, it's almost a struggle, but it's almost like a something that's very welcoming, the idea of being able to always be resting even when things are a struggle. And, and I think that's probably the way most of us think of it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there is some parallel to the way we think of rest. Mm-hmm. We think of rest as laying down, as stopping some kinds of activity. But really what we're doing is we're not 
stopping activity, we're slowing down. Mm-hmm. We're coming into a, a peaceful place in the midst of activity. Mm-hmm. Oh. Maybe other analogy. And uh, when we start using analogies, Roy's kind of stretching ourselves. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like an athlete talks about being in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like uh, somebody who's a batter who's just hitting every strike that comes. They're in the zone. They're mm-hmm. in that place of uh, really being focused. And so, but, I mean, it breaks down. Right, yeah, because, as all analogies uh, do. Yeah, exactly, because we're talking about life we're talking about our spiritual life we're talking about dealing with a reality that we live in and not blaming other people not blaming circumstances not blaming god and this is where we come back to application Mm -hmm. is uh recognizing that because of our relationship with jesus we have a place in the eye of the storm where there's calmness where there's peace where there's rest so I guess that's my question. You you mentioned application is if as a believer, I've entered into rest just by the nature of being in a relationship with Christ and being restored. Why don't I always feel like I'm at rest? And how do I, I don't know, pursue that rest? So, I mean, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're answering. <laughs> yeah. And so we go back to fall Mm -hmm. or corruption and so i can primarily speak for myself but um speak for all of us in general when i'm struggling with something with an anxiety where i've allowed um let's say money for example Mm -hmm. i have a bill that i'm having a hard time paying and I'm struggling with that. I'm allowing anxiety to overtake me Mm -hmm. instead of, number one, trusting in God to meet that financial obligation. And number two, um, allowing my anxiety to build where um, maybe I'm no longer thinking creatively, where I'm not functioning well to do my part in Mm -hmm. terms of paying that bill and so my anxiety becomes greater than um, it overwhelms me to the point where I'm not really resting mm-hmm. in God I'm just agitated and I mean that, that's a complicated kind of thing because it involves what we think and we talk about cognitive therapy and the need to really meditate on God's word we talk about slowing ourselves down and again seeing things from a bigger perspective yeah, in terms of really God being the one who is my creator, mm-hmm. um, my sustainer, the one who oversees and loves me and cares for me well, and confident that he will take me through. Even thinking back to times he's done that in the past, I'm sure is helpful. That's definitely a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. How does Sabbath, like the kind of the Old Testament, like this day, is Sabbath um, play into the greater idea of rest in that it's something we're always in? Why do you think? I mean, because God did tell the the Jewish believers to honor the Sabbath. Is it a reminder? Is it what? How is that helpful? Well, it's both a reminder and it's an opportunity. And so, of course, as New Testament believers, we won't get into this, but as mm-hmm. New Testament believers, 
um, we would celebrate our worship on Sunday because of the re- resurrection of Jesus. Right. And like I say, the exact parameters of how we go about taking and altering how we celebrate on mm-hmm. Sunday for us is a little bit different than how the Jewish people went about it. But there is something, and I think all of us who yeah, come regularly to worship, and I know we've struggled with what that looks like during this oh, coronavirus sure. time, but coming to worship and changing up our daily discipline, changing up our activity, and really taking an opportunity to come to worship, slow down, be together as a couple, as a family, uh, friends to friends, and just setting aside that time, altering our busyness in a sense that outward change becomes the paradigm and the influence on what happens to us inwardly. So there there is something about obedience. Mm -hmm. Jesus talks about how if you obey me, you love me. And he's not setting up a false standard of rules. What he's saying is that he's saying what you're doing on the outside affects what happens on the inside. What happens on the inside affects what you do on the outside. Mm -hmm. So there is a sense in which when we respond and do something or change something, it affects us inwardly. And so I know I'm not entirely answering your question, but what I'm saying is that, yeah, we, we need to take occasion. This is why we talked about having devotions in the mornings as well. What's impacting us and what are we changing up that we can carry with us throughout our regular week or our regular day right so so sunday morning worship could be i'm using air quotes here it's a podcast you can't see me but yeah. <laughs> it could be a sabbath but also I, I like what you just said there about kind of a devotion a quiet time in the morning could be kind of a a short sabbath where you're setting a time of rest that you're entering into that rest and then you're there all day yeah, ideally. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I yeah, mean, we're yeah. again going back to fallen and the corruption. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it exactly. doesn't always work like that. We're not robots, but to kind of wrap it up, God in the beginning defines for us rest, what it is, entering into it, and He says this is where we're also going in the end. And so, a person who is resting in our relationship with God is recognizing that. God has created us, that we are fallen, that we've now been redeemed, and that ultimately we're going to be completely restored. Mm -hmm. And this is the hope we have on those tough days. Yeah. Amen. This has been been really interesting. It's been really great to look at it from the big picture. Sometimes, I don't know, I'll read a verse or two and you you can get something out of that and that's important. But being able to look back and kind of see the whole story has been really enlightening. And I think the idea that rest is weaved throughout that idea of rest through relationship has been something that i don't know i'll be thinking on for for a while praise god me too and i've already <laughs> thought about it a lot <laughs> you've got a little bit of a head start <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you well, let me yeah. just pray today i think yeah, that'd be a good way to absolutely. end lord uh you know our hearts and you know the struggle with the sinful nature you know the struggle with daily life and so i pray for jake and i pray for my friends who are listening just um lord you invite us 
to rest. And so we rest in you. We trust in you on this day. Whatever situation we're going through, whatever this day brings for us, for our workplace, for our family, for our lives, Jesus, we love you and we thank you that your yoke is easy, your burden is light, Amen. and that uh, you you walk in that yoke with us. And that's what uh, makes a place of rest. And uh, you're our redeemer, and you're the one who restores our hearts and our souls. And so, Jesus, we just call upon you, ask you to do that on this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Thank you. That was a blessing.